Hi everyone and welcome to episode 36 of the SVOPA podcast for May 2015. Don't forget to get in contact at podcast at svopa.co.uk and in the studio today I've got Jane so welcome Jane. Hi there Michael, hi everybody. And how have things been going with yourself for the last month or so since we last spoke? Manically busy I think, amazingly busy but all good stuff yeah, what about you? Yeah, busy with VI Talk, and we're starting to get things together for the re- main reunion on the 20th of June. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nearly time for that. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be really great. It is, and you're coming over on the Friday night as well, aren't you? Yeah, I am, yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, the last couple of years doing the Friday night has worked out really well, and I think um, you know a few locals sometimes join us. So if you're around and you're local in Liverpool, you know, do come along on the Friday. We will give you more details near the time, but we're staying at the Premier Inn. And we'll probably go to the Beef Eater, which is attached, or we'll walk down to the uh, the Toby Carvery. We'll go to one of those two. But we will announce it beforehand, won't we? Yeah, yeah, we'll announce it. And I mean, it's it's been a really, really good Friday evening, hasn't it, in the past? There's only been a small group of us, but, you know, come along if you can do. The more the merrier. It's been really, really great. Yeah, because there's about half a dozen of us going at the moment. So, yeah, that's just a little thing extra to make the weekend uh, like a full weekend, really. So, um, do come along. So, we've not got a lot this month coming up. We've got Around the School in 10 Lessons, which is the farm. Uh, we've got Jim Moran on. And mainly it's about the reunion, isn't it? Yeah, it's all about the reunion. There's a, a few changes this time around, isn't there? There is. Do you want to tell us about the main change we've got this year? Ah, the main change is that we're going to be eating a meal at Bradbury Fields. We are, and that's all booked for the evening, a full three-course meal, and I'll go through the menu in a little bit of time. So what we'll do is we'll give you a quick rundown of the plan for the day. This is obviously subject to change, and things always change on the day, but roughly um, we're going to do it as follows. Yeah, okay then, so we kick off at 11.30. Uh, hopefully so people will gather then start gathering at 11 30 and then 12 o'clock we will meet for lunch and then one o'clock we'll begin the AGM yeah and then within that time which we do the AGM we will record a new podcast and hopefully like last year we'll have some visitors or people from the school may provide some entertainment for us as well all those things are still being planned so you know do come along and you know even the AGM I know it's one of these sort of businessy boring bits but at the end of the day it's your organisation, you, know, you get your chance to have a say and even stand for the committee and we'll go over that in a moment. Um, after that we will have tours of the school, a bit of free time, pretty much then until about six o'clock. Oh yeah, and then we'll be off to Bradbury Fields for the meal and a lot of fun. Yeah, there's transport provided so that's one good thing. Uh, for those who need it but it's not even a long walk so some people might just decide to to uh, walk over there but what i'll do is i will get the menu for the evening meal and um it's as follows it's um, a three course sit down meal there will be a drink on arrival like um bubbly and the starters we've got breaded mushrooms with garlic dip or pate for main courses it's chicken chasseur Slow roasted belly of pork marinated in five spices or stuffed aubergines with red wine sauce. That's your vegetarian choice. Um, dessert is nice and simple. It's going to be from a dessert trolley. And there's obviously then going to be um, mince and 
teas and coffees. And then we're also going to do a little bit of something late on in the evening for those who stay until like 11 o'clock. Um, so that's sort of the plan. Um, if you are booking, we do need to know your choices. So if you have booked, uh, we will be contacting you quite shortly to get your menu choices for the evening. Kick-out time, or last orders, I should really say. Roll-out time. Yeah, is going to be... Uh, last orders are going to be 12, and we'll be closing around quarter past to half 12. And again, there will be transport for those who need it back to the school. So... Do you want to give us a rundown of the prices then, Michael? The prices are pretty much as follows. It's £10 if you're coming for the day. If you're staying for the evening as well, it's £27.50. And if you want to stay for the whole event, which is your lunch, your afternoon, your evening meal and bed and breakfast, it's £60. All bookings do need to be made before the 12th of June. and So we can give them the final numbers in and limited spaces for the bed and breakfast, because obviously it's only 29 rooms approximately. So do let us know if you're staying, and then we can get you a place reserved. Um, if you need a booking form, you can just email podcast at svopa.co.uk, and we'll send you on through. And don't forget, if you are an SVOPA member, or you are obviously an ex-pupil, there is the £5 membership to join SVOPA, and so that would just add £5 to your uh, to the bill. And that goes towards things like the podcasts, the, the CDs, what go out, and the day-to-day running of the organisation. So you know, we do encourage you as well, even if you don't come to the event, you know, please consider um, becoming a member. You know, Every little bit helps towards just keeping the organisation running, um, as it originally did when Sid Wilson started it many years ago. Yeah, it's £5 very well spent, isn't it? It is, and you know, and it helps to all the different things we're doing. I know the, the association has changed so much in the last what three or four years, really, hasn't it? Yeah, it really, really has. But but you know, it's all good stuff. So it's well worth the money, I think. Well, what I think we will do is we'll move on to around the school in ten lessons. Now for our new section, Around the School in 10 Lessons. Right, everyone, um, sit down, take out your books, and we're going to have a lesson 10 of Around the School in 10 Lessons. And it's good to have Joe back on the podcast again. Hi, Joe. Hi, Michael. Hi, everybody. Nice to be back with you. It's always good to have you on board again. And um, we've also got Jim. Jim Moran's joined us. Hi, Jim. Hiya both. Hi, it's, you've got a lot of good knowledge on the farm. Obviously, it was a working farmer at the time when you were there. And to be honest, me and Joe know very little about it. It wasn't really there so much when we were there. Right. But one of the things we did, obviously, um, there was some um, an essay sent in to us by our Pat Scanlon. And um, what I'd like to do is before we start talking to Jim and he starts taking us through the um, the farm. I'm going to read this out to you. So thank you, Pat. And it's more of a description of the farm as he remembers it. When you walk in the farmyard, the midden was on your left, then some pigsties with the big sows. The farmhouse was directly in front of you. 
Bob and Margaret lived there with Oliver, Bob's dad. There were also two farmhands, Colin and Alan. I remember Oliver often sitting there in a wheelchair with a Panama-style hat on. The farm dog was often chained up outside the house. Opposite the pigsties was the dairy. That was one of our jobs to help with the mucking out. By the driveway entrance to the right was more pigsties. This is where the piglets were. I can remember them being castrated and the dogs getting the proceeds. One of the sows got loose and was running amok in the yard. It took some time to get her back in the sty. The cows were taken up to the fields, the path going behind the swimming pool. On the other side of the path was the hay barn. I can't remember how many fields, but I think there were three. The top field was used for the school ponies when they came. We also helped with the gathering of the hay. We were given a chance to drive the tractor in the field. Mainly, we helped lift the hay bales up to one of the farmhands who stood on the back of the trailer with the big hook to haul them up. Hay bales were brick-shaped then with wire and twine around them. When the trailer was full, they were taken to the barn and stacked up. We were all sitting on the bales in the barn and Bob came along with a crate of bottled beer and gave us all a drink. I remember the school being under siege. I think it was 1967 because there was an outbreak of foot and mouth. All vehicles and visitors had to go through disinfectant when entering and leaving. Right, well, thanks, Pat, for that. Um, <laughs> it's amazing the insights we've had, and especially on Facebook as well, aren't we, Joe? Yeah, we have. It's uh, something that I just, you know, you only get the hearsay, don't you, from pupils who've been there before you, but uh, it's something I didn't know anything about. And part of me thinks I wish I was there at that time. Part of me's thinking I'm glad I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So was it called Rice Farm, Jim? It was, yeah. It, was, it actually was a fantastic experience. You didn't have to do it, but if you were interested in, in the farm. I think if I put it into perspective from people who remember how things are today, um, Pat's quite right with his geography of the, the farmyard. But as you came through the, the school gate, there was a field on your left hand, on your left hand side. Usually they kept um, calves in that field or occasionally the donkey was in there. Uh, we had a donkey when I first joined school in 53 called Valerie and she used to be in that field. They often bring her around and give the kids ride at the weekends and things and often uh, the kids would be charged with looking after the donkey. It was always a job I wanted to do and never got uh, looking after the donkey. So there's a field on the on the left hand side as you come in into the drive. Um, halfway along the, the, the drive uh, where there's bubble pavements at the moment there was a crossroads. That crossroads is still there um, and what they used to do is that they had like um, gates on, on, the, on the driveway there. And when the cows were coming up from the fields to get milked or going back down to the fields, they'd close the gates in the drive. So any traffic coming in or want, people wanting to go out uh, had to wait till the, the, the cows had, um, had, had trundled up. 
the farm actually had about uh, 20 to 30 cows, they're all, all Frisians, and uh, they had about 50 pigs at any one time on the farm. The geography uh, changed an awful lot over its time, but when I first went to school, um, the, the, the farm track uh, came around the, where the swimming pool is now, and it used to go straight up where the playing fields are, um, that was all crops and, and farmland there then, and there used to be a track go along the back of the boys' playground and the junior boys' playground. So farm track used to go along the back of there. There's a hedge between that and the um, playgrounds. So the playing fields came much later in my time at school. So the track went up there, and it led to two or three fields where they either kept the cows or they, they were cropped. They worked on the old crop rotation Again, it's something we learned because we had the farm uh, fields where the farmers ha actually had a different crop every year to keep the ground in good condition. So you learned that they'd lay it to pasture one year and another year it would be potatoes. Another year it would be kale and cabbages and such like. So the food that the food that was grown on the farm was eaten in the school. So they, they were pretty self-sufficient. Um, Pat was right about the number of fields that they had about five fields, actually, and that the, the track that I mentioned that went round behind where the swimming pool is now, there was another track that went straight up on the on the right-hand side was the hay barn. Um, and also, just before you got to the hay barn, there was a field, um, and when I first went to school, they kept the bull in that field. Um, and uh, uh, Bob Gaskell told me later on that they, they got rid of the bull because he was doing all naughty things with the cows and the nuns didn't like it. So they got rid of the bull after a few years when, when artificial insemination came in. And there's a funny story about that that I'll tell you all, uh, maybe over a drink in, in the bar, remind me. Um, but um, the, 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 uh, where the hay barn, where that field where the bull was, is now the, the, the road that runs up Grange Avenue. That's where the field was. And there was a small shed in there when they got rid of the bull the pigs used often were in that field and there was a pigsty in that field as well where zoe's place is now is where the hay barn was and it was quite a big hay barn um pat mentioned that the the bales of hay they used to make their own hay and they were brick shaped but the brick was about three foot long by about two foot square so you can imagine how heavy these ba hay, hay, bales of hay were pat remembers lifting them up onto the uh onto the, the, the trailer, so you had to, had to have a fair bit of strength to lift these things. They must have weighed about 100 weight. Um, and they'd have about oh, 200 of these bales stored in, in the barn. Um, one of the things that we used to do at, uh, later on in, in, uh, in my school career was go and hide in that barn um, and climb up and down through the hay bales. It must have been a damn dangerous thing to do when you think about it. These things are about 100 weight each, and they were stacked up about 10 high uh, so we climb up about 20 foot uh, in, in, in this in this hail, hail bar and uh, and when we could get hold of some cider we'd, we'd go up there and drink and the, the nuns could never find us up there or we thought they couldn't but okay. so and we used to burrow through them me and brian perry had a tunnel from the bottom to the top um somebody once told me i think it was bob gaskell told me it was also full of rats so it's just as well we didn't know that at the time otherwise we wouldn't have gone crawling through the hay bales um the track took you up past the barn um and there was fields on the left hand side and on the right hand side was broughton woods those of you remember going to broughton woods there was uh, a gate in from that pathway that took you right round broughton woods and broughton 
used to take you about five, uh, no, about 20 minutes to walk around Broughton Lake. It had uh, two or three different lakes and four bridges going across the lake there into Broughton Woods. And Mrs. Blackburn used to take us over there. The track finished at, at, at the very top of the track. It had two gates, and those two gates led into four fields um, at, the, at the end, and the farm stretched from Utree Lane more or less to East Prescott Road. And in fact, where the Bradbury Centre is now was the last cow field uh, on that on that strip. So it was, it was cow, often cows kept up there that far right, more or less as far as uh, East Prescott Road. It was a great place to be the farm because my very early memories of school um, was that it was in the middle of the countryside. There was very few houses built around West Derby at that time. Um, so when you came to school, you came out to the countryside. You know, often you'd sit in your classroom and you could hear the cows out in the fields um, mooing and, and uh, going up and down for milking. We used to get fresh milk from the farm. I've mentioned the fresh vegetables, carrots um, came from the farm, swedes came from the farm, cabbages, cauliflowers, all those sort of things were grown on the farm. So they all came into the dining room. But they used to bring a, the, a bucket of milk over every morning and every afternoon. And if you got out of school handy to get down to, the, to break, you could get the cream off the top of the bucket because uh, it was very creamy milk. So that the, the cows used to provide the milk for the school. Often it used to go uh, as well uh, to be sold. What, what the school didn't drink was sold on uh, to the dairies in, in the surrounding area. Um, so it was, it was a great place to go. I remember you know, being very, very young, probably under six, being taken over to the farmyard by Mrs. Blackburn. And every time they had a litter of pigs or a litter or, a, or the calves uh, were born, she'd take us over to see the, the animals. And you could often pick up the baby pigs, pass them around, and provided uh, you didn't get nipped. And you could go and stroke the calves when they're only the size of, of, a, of a dog, really, the size of a Labrador, uh, the calves when they were first born. So it was quite an education to see the calves when they were first born. They always had uh, a dog on the farm, and it was always called Lassie. Every, do every dog they had on the farm was called Lassie. The dogs actually were, were very clever. They usually had uh, border collies. Um, although I remember old Mr. Gaskell had a, had a corgi as well. And they could send the dog right down this track, which was about, used to take 10 minutes to walk down the track. Send the dogs down the track. It could open the gate. The cows would be waiting at the gate and the cows would come down the path. The dog would follow them. And if they ever stopped to eat the grass at the side or tried to roam into Broughton Woods, the dog would round them up and chase them down the path. Hence the reason for keeping the gate shut at the bottom so that the traffic couldn't go across. When you went into the farmyard, um, if you come up the drive from the from Utree Lane there, you turned left to go into the farmyard. And it's exactly how Pat described it with the pigsties on the left-hand side. There was about six of them. And they, were, they had half doors so you could lean over the door and scratch the pigs' backs or whatever. And the end one, when I first started school, nearest the farmhouse, um, they had a, a farm horse that pulled the plough. That was before they got a tractor. And her name was Josie. So they had a farm horse called Josie. She was a shire horse. They, they, they made uh, Josie redundant after about two years I was at school, and they got the first tractor on there. They used to borrow a combine harvester to come in and do the harvesting. Um, the dairy where the cows were milked, they used to come in twice a day to be milked. That had a door that led out onto Utree Lane so that when they had the, the milk churns were already loaded, uh, they'd be picked up by the milk lorry. Um, from from Utree Lane, so yeah, we used to help out with the 
the cows mucking them out um, and the, the hens. My last two years in school, uh, last one year in school, in fact, I, I uh, had a small plot of land around the back where the music room is now. Um, and uh, I had I kept chickens on that land. I had chickens with a friend of mine. I'd bought them uh, when I was going home for weekends, and we fell out, and I had a half share of the chickens we'd bought. <clears throat> so I got permission to um, erect a chicken run uh, around the back there, and I used to uh, get all the slops from the kitchen, feed the chickens with that. So I used to go into uh, dinner, dinner time, and they'd go, oh, it's such and such for dinner today. And I'd say, oh, that's good. They say, why do you like that? And I'd say, no, but nobody else will, so the chickens will get it. <laughs> so my, my chickens used to get all the scraps off the table, so I used to pray for lousy dinners. I was usually uh, rewarded because they usually wear lousy dinners, but <laughs> the chickens used to get all the proceeds of the dinners. Um, and I used to sell the eggs back to the um, uh, uh, to Mrs. Doyle, who was the uh, domestic science teacher. She used to buy the eggs off me. Uh, so... Uh, my mum used to joke that she paid for the chicken food and I sold her the eggs. So uh, it wasn't a very good deal. So that's my memories of the farm. It was, it was a wonderful experience um, as, as, a, as somebody, you know, a kiddie growing up in the countryside. I think it was a wonderful experience for blind kids to get so close to the animals and have no fear um, of animals at all. You know, we had no fear of the pigs or the or the cows. I still walk through the fields of cows and people get frightened of them now and think, well, they're, they're very docile, gentle animals. That's how I remember them. Um, so it, you grew up with a, a non-fear of, of, of animals at all. Um, they had a field around the back as well, opposite where the, uh, the lodge is. And that, that was, uh, that's where uh, St. Vincent's Close is now. And that's, that, that was the last field on the farm where they used to keep all the newborn calves when they were first uh, moving them away from the milk. So they were kept around the back there. <clears throat> so that's my, my memory of, of, of school and of the farm. There's not much of it left now, sadly. All the pigsties have fallen down and they're now car parks. Um, but some of the bigger buildings like the, the uh, dairy and the tractor shed are still used for storing stuff from the school. So they still exist. You can go over there and take photographs of them. <clears throat> uh, Pat mentioned old Mr. Gaskell, and uh, he was running the farm when I first went to school. Um, and he he retired as as uh, as Pat says, and sadly died about 1970, I think. Um, Bob took over the the farm, and he married um, uh, Margaret. Margaret was one of the care staff, and she'd come uh, up from the the convent. Uh, she'd been one of the orphans at the uh, at the, the convent that, that's now Cardinal Heenan School, and she came to work at St. Vincent. I remember Margaret coming when she was probably 16 or 17, because I was only little then. But Bob married uh, Margaret. They never had any children, but Margaret was very well known to all the kids at school. She was always at the front door. And she, she actually worked at school right the way through till she passed away many, many years ago. Bob only passed away about six or seven years ago and I used to see him in the bulldog pub uh, we had, used to swap lots of yarns about the farm so that's my memories of farm and school and like I say it was a wonderful experience and, and one you never forget what year did the farm actually stop being a working farm do you know Jim? it was probably when the Grange estate was built and they sold some of the land um, to build Christopher Grange so I would say that Christopher Grange was built in 1972 
Mm. Um, so that's when the farm land was, was getting sold off. So I think they sold the cows about 1971, 1970. They still had the pigs on the farm and the chickens till probably about 74 or 75. But, um, and that's when Bob more or less retired um, as, uh, as a farmer. Uh, so he probably reached retirement age. I, think, <coughs> I may be wrong. I think when I was there, I think we did have some of the pigs. I started in '77. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the pigs probably—they probably kept the pigs on then because they didn't need. They still had some fields there then because they still had the field I mentioned by the hay barn. Yeah, because the um, Barrett estate wasn't made. That probably opened about late '70s, early '80s. I think the yeah. estate at the side, which obviously was land was yeah. sold. Yeah. So it, it it it's my memory probably fails me because uh, I'd left I'd left <laughs> I'd left school <laughs> yes that's true uh, I'd left school in sixty three um, so although I lived in West Derby um, I, I I didn't uh, the cows were still seemed to be around when I was in and out of school uh, for different reunions and things like that but uh, like I said they built the Grange in seventy two and that took up the top two fields um, and. Uh, of course, they start. They built the swimming pool. They took some of the fields over for the uh, sports fields, and that was in my time. They, they built the sports fields about 1960, so they took some of the fields away then, and uh, they they then moved. So it was closing in really on the farm. But probably by the time Pat got there, there was probably only about four fields left. So they started off at about six. So if you have any memories of the farm and you want to send them in, you'll record them, send them in to us, or get in touch, and we can always include them on the on the next podcast as well because you might have some different memories. So especially, oh, absolutely. If, especially if you were there before before Jim, it'd be interesting to see what happened in the earlier days. So mm-hmm. do do email us podcast at svopa dot co dot uk. One thing I'm interested, just just a quick question, is was it just exclusively the boys that were allowed to work on the farm or were girls allowed to as well? I don't think the girls had very much to do with it, no. Um, I mean, in, in them days, um, the girls and the boys were completely separate. Yeah. So we even sat at opposite end of the dining room. It used to make you laugh, really, because we used to face the opposite way. I mean, at school for blind kids, and we faced the opposite way. Um, they'd started mixing the last year I was there. Um, and uh, but know that the girls uh, uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't be allowed to, to, to. We used to try and lure the girls into the barn, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> Again, for over a pint. Okay. I yeah, think so. For after hours, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! Thanks ever so much, Jim, for sharing. I won't. I won't really mention whether we were successful or not. That's for your own imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I think we're actually coming to the end of the lesson anyway. So uh, thanks very much, Jim, for, for joining us and um, and doing all your homework and presenting it all to us as well. And thanks for Pat. And um, I think that bell's just about to go, so get your bags and, um, well, thanks, and go thanks, to the next lessons. Uh, thanks for your memories. Really enjoyed it. Well, I want to say a special thanks to Jim for, for joining us for Around the School. It was good to hear Joe's voice again and um, doing that section with us. And we're looking, uh, Jane had some really good ideas for some future sections which we're going to start. So um, what were they, Jane? Ah, well, it was just an idea about um, carrying on from 
uh, around the school in 10 lessons, which has been really, really good. I thought maybe we could do some articles about different events that uh, were that happened throughout the year at St. Vincent's. So I think, you know, when we went back in September, I think the first thing we had was uh, St. Vincent's Day, wasn't it? Was that September? I can't remember. There we are. Quick question for you. Yeah, what day is St. Vincent's Day? Yeah, I think it was. And then going through the year, all, all the things that you know happened annually. Um, so obviously, you know, I know we've done a lot about Christmas, um, but, you know, maybe we can talk about uh, a little bit more about New Brighton um, and just other events that went on throughout the year, really. Yeah, because you've got things like the school galas and... Yeah, like- yeah, the- Worcester Gala and the Liverpool Gala. Sports Day. Yeah. The Utox is a trip for us. So there's something. If you could send us in over the next couple of months, because we'll probably start this maybe. Should we start it in September when the new year starts? Yeah, why not? And we'll try where possible to keep things within that time of the year. So send us in little things what happened on particular times of the year while you were there. So then we've got things what happened in the 50s, 60s, all the way up to what's happening at school now. And then we can start preparing for for next year's events. And plus, it'll mean we have to do podcasts every every month again, won't it? (laughs) (laughs) So do that. One thing as well, we'd like your help. We want to run a little, it's a competition, not really, well, there is a sort of a prize. So do you want to say something about that idea we've had as well? Ah, yeah. Um, We'd like people to get involved and create jingles for the podcast. So if you're a DJ or a, a musician and you want to get involved, then do a, write a jingle or maybe two or three and send them in to us and we can use them on the podcast. That'd be really, really great. It would. I and mean, we had some really good ones. We're really grateful to Jodie for all the, the, the jingles she provided for us in our first few years. But things like, you know, the email address contact us on our email address as you know is podcast at svlpa.co.uk or on something for twitter at svlpa or facebook and just so we can use them between sections and um and his intro and ending at the end so um and if you need any help on ideas just get in touch Well, we also want you to get involved in SVLPA on a running sort of basis as well. And that's not running as in tiring yourself out by running around a track or anything. It's general, you know, the running of the association. And every year at the AGM, we have to re-elect a new committee. Ooh, yeah. So there are a number of positions, obviously, up for grabs this year. So um, do you want to say which ones they are? And people can have a think if they want to stand this year. Okay, well, we start with uh, the chairman. Uh, the other one is member secretary, which is a little bit like vice chairman. Then we have the secretary position, um, treasurer, and then five other regular members. Yeah, and what we would like you to do, if you want to stand for the committee this year, is send in a short profile, maximum 400 words, of why you would like to stand and you know, what you can bring to the association. It's always good to have new people. We've had um, a number of new people over the last few years and it's helped change the way we do things. So do send those in to podcast at svlpa.co.uk 
by the end of May and do put on there which position you'd like to stand for and then we can read those out at the reunion and then obviously people will uh, make their choices. Yeah, certainly will. There's a chance for everybody to vote during the AGM. So it is important. It's like the general election. If you don't vote, you know, you can't can't moan. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely right there, Michael. So everybody get going. If you want to have a say, um, get writing and, and send the profile off to us. Yeah, and I suppose just going back to the reunion as well, Jane, anyone who is coming, obviously get that booking in quite quickly. Um, but we are obviously looking for help, you know, volunteers to help on the day, even if it's just directing people to different things or just being on hand to give a little bit of assistance, especially in the early stages where we're assigning rooms or just directing people around you. Do let me know and if you're happy to do that and then we can obviously get you involved. Yeah, that would be really helpful if people could just um, give a little bit of their time because, you know, I've only been to the last two reunions and um, I've I've noticed just how much work that that needs to be done behind the scenes. So, you know, if you get more people just doing a little bit, that that would really, really help. And we're also going to do a raffle as well, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we always do, don't we? So... And that usually happens just after the AGM, doesn't it? It's usually the afternoon. I mean, we might decide yeah. to do it in the evening. We'll look at who's coming and then we'll we'll make a decision if it's going to be an evening of raffle or a, an afternoon one. And, yeah. um, you know, please feel free to bring on a longer prize. Yeah, plenty of prizes, guys. Bring your prizes. What we'll do now is we'll move on to the events, what are coming up, because there's a few in the pipeline and we've had some really good ones we want to tell you about what have taken place recently so we'll get on with that We're going to go on to the upcoming events and uh, with Lauren. So, hi, Lauren. How's it going? Hi, Michael. Yeah, it's going really well. Thank you very much. You've been busy over the last few weeks, haven't you? Yeah, very, very busy. Yeah. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we had our Scarborough weekend, didn't we? We did. And it was really enjoyable. Everybody really had a nice time. We had eight people turn up all together, which was nice. Four couples. Um, six of us stayed at the Norbreck and um, two at one of the hotels just literally around the corner. Literally a two-minute walk. It was. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to hand over to Paul Lang, who actually did a little report for us on his thoughts and um, and what he enjoyed about the weekend. Hi, it's Paul Lang here. Just a quick update on the SVOPA weekend I've just took part in. We went to Scarborough and stayed in the Norbrecht Castle Hotel, where the staff were absolutely amazing. As soon as we got there, they could not be more helpful from start to finish, with evening meals, breakfast and everything else they helped us with. The entertainment was also great in the hotel. On the, sat- on the Friday night, Sorry, when we got there, we had entertainment, i.e. a singer, Um, where the group um, joined in and also we had a quiz which also the group won on the Saturday night we had a cabaret act which was a really good act as well where the guy came over and spoke to us before and after the show on the Sunday we just had a chill out evening where we were just 
having a chat in the group with a bar with a drink after dinner and um, through the day on the saturday we had a walk around scarborough town center uh, lauren and myself and found our way around scarborough pretty pretty easy everyone is more than happy to help if you were getting lost and stuff which was really good on the sunday we um, had a group walk to um, scarborough um, south bay which is more like blackpool i.e your rock shops souvenir shops and donut shops which is the most important thing that we had to find we had a bit of dinner and had a lovely walk back around to the, the bay where we were staying and where the dogs had a really good fun run on the beach on the monday while we were there before we came home we had a nice walk around the park i'm not too sure what uh, the park was called uh, it escapes my memory had a lovely ride on the train uh, which takes us um, on a short journey and we went there and back um, and then got ready for coming home all in all it was absolute fantastic weekend the group was really good uh, there was a few people there that I haven't met before, i.e. Mike and Mary. It was nice to meet them for the first time. And the rest of the group who I'd known before, we had a great time with each other's company. I would well recommend people um, saving up and going on these weekends if they can. Um, it's, uh, it's nice to meet new people, but also catch up with old friends as well. So hopefully uh, I'm going on the next ones that are organised and hopefully a few more people will too. Um, hope you're uh, all having a lovely time and uh, speak to you soon. So thanks, Paul, for um, for recording that for us. It's always good to have a different voice, and especially it was his first weekend away with us as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. And he didn't actually come kicking and screaming too much, either, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. I think he really enjoyed himself. Good. And, but we've got a couple of events coming up over the next few months we want to obviously bring to you. So what's the first one? We've got Southport, which is on the 23rd of May, and that's at Willow Grove on Lodge Street. And again, I think we're going to start from about 12 o'clock, I think, if I'm right. Yep, from 12 o'clock till the last person leaves. And if anything like the last Southport meets anything <laughs> to go by, I think it carried on till the next day for a couple of people, didn't it? I think it did by the sounds of things. <laughs> so we're hoping to see as many of you there. And it's a it's a pre reunion meetup. So if you're a bit nervous about coming to the reunion for your first time, you know, come along. We don't bite. We'll um we can have a chat with you. Any questions on the reunion, you know, just just ask what come along and enjoy yourself with us. And it's very informal. It is, and we will meet at the station around half eleven from half eleven, but just be aware Depending where you're coming from, there has been some changes to the rail network, so there may be some delays. Just check that out before you come. Check before you travel is our advice. Yeah, we sound like a travel report, don't we? <laughs> we do. <laughs> We've been listening to too many. So the next event is obviously the reunion, which I've already waffled on with Jane a lot about. So um, we've got a couple of provisional events planned as well. So um, I reckon... Somewhere in the northeast for the next one, or the north, where do you reckon? I reckon we have York on the 25th of July. York was really good last year. We had a small number, and a few of the guys from Henshaw's managed to join us as well, which was nice. They did, and the staff at the venue where we had it was really friendly. 
really helpful. It was really light as well, wasn't it? Um, yeah, very good for eating. So we'll try and get the same venue again. And obviously later in the year or around the end of August, we want to come back to Liverpool. Always a good place to have a meet-up. So um, that last week, which I think is the 29th of August, we're going to go back to the pub we always use, which is The Crown. So we'll keep you updated on more and more of these events. But it's about time we announce or look at another weekend break as well. What do you think? I think that'd be a good idea. I reckon somewhere in January. January, just after Christmas, as you're getting over the Christmas blues, I know it's going to be a bit cold, uh, but the main weekends like this are more of a chance to get together, have a bit of fun, maybe get some good entertainment, and just really get to spend time with each other. And um, we've managed to get a really good deal at one of the hotels we've never been to before. Which is Windermere Manor. That's going to run from the 22nd to the 25th of January next year. And I think we've got a really good price from them this year, haven't we? We have, we have. And it's £79 for two nights and £99 for three nights, dinner, bed and breakfast. What's a bargain? It's actually, yeah, I mean, better than we've <laughs> even had from the other hotels. Oh, yeah. You can you can book direct with the hotel, or you will be able to in a couple of weeks, on 01539. Four four five eight zero one. If you just quote SVOPA or St Vincent's, and you will get that price. And I think, like I said, a couple of weeks that'll all be set up and ready to go. And it'd be good to see as many as we can at that event, especially after things like Landudno and the the Lauriston and Timmouth were such great weekends. They were. Everyone really enjoyed themselves and got along. Right, so um, I think that's pretty much it on the events this time. So um, until next time, Lauren, I will speak to you again soon. Speak to you soon. comes to the end of yet another episode so um i hope you've enjoyed it i hope some good content and thanks very much to jim um for joining us around the school and joe so the important thing now is how do you get in touch ah well there you go you you can get in touch with us at podcast at svopa.co.uk or on the website at www.svopa.co.uk you can find us on Twitter at SVOPA. And if you go on Facebook, just search SVOPA. There's a page which gives you information. But our group is our main place where we have all the events, all discussions. There's all sorts of discussions taking place on a regular basis on there. And you can contact me direct as well. My phone number is 0161 287 1841 or my mobile 07930 four 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 six five six and do get in touch if you've got any questions regarding the reunion you know, do get in touch and we know how terrifying it can be can't it the first time you go to a reunion again yeah it really can but really really don't worry um i've, I've said on the podcast before that i think it was 21 years um gap that i had um and when i when i was on the way traveling up a couple of years ago i was thinking oh no and yet when i got there it was just fantastic 
So please be encouraged to come along and just just enjoy yourselves because it's really, really great. Yeah, and you know, do come along to, if you're in the Liverpool area, so, you know, as we said earlier, come along to the meet-up in Southport on the 23rd of May. It's a good way of meeting a few people, just take some of that pressure off when you walk into the school for the first time, if you've not been for years. But, you know, give us a shout, you know, we'll quite happily meet you outside, we'll, we'll walk in with you, it's, you know, anything to make that nerve-wracking experience of walking back into the school if you've not been for years, um, you know, as easy and as painless as possible. Yep, it's going to be good. I keep saying it, but it's going to be good, guys. It is. So um, until next time, well, thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed it. And it's bye from me. And it's bye from me. (laughs) 